Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Second Act Podcast. Today we have multiple guests from Blind Man Brewing and Cilantro and Chive Restaurant out in Lacombe, Alberta. That's right. Riley from Cilantro and Chive and uh, Matt from Blind Man join us to talk about an initiative that they are putting together called Stigma 86 that was born out of how their businesses in the hospitality industry were affected by COVID-19. It's uh, quite an interesting pod to see, as we all know, COVID really affected those small businesses, but to have that kind of insider perspective on it is really interesting to listen to throughout this pod. Uh, Before we get into that, the Second Act podcast would like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on the Treaty 7 land inhabited by the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, Pikani, and Kainai. We would also like to acknowledge the Satsina and Stony Dakota First Nations, as well as the Métis Nations and all people who make their home on Treaty 7 land in southern Alberta. So, I'm going to turn the tables a little bit on you here, Dad. You've listened to this pod, obviously. You recorded it. What did you think was so interesting about it? Well, it was really interesting. Uh, when we went up to ho- uh, to play hockey in Lacombe, just, uh, it was around Halloween, and um, your mom went down to to the Blind Man Brewery, and she bought a, a non-alcoholic beverage that had Matt's story on it uh, for and the Stigma 86 story. And, and as I read about it, um, I thought, man, this is something really interesting and unique. So I reached out to the guys, and they uh, got back to me right away. Brennan actually uh, said he wanted to participate and uh, got us all lined up. And then uh, actually, you'll know, notice Brennan's not there. He was the only one who couldn't make it that day because you'll hear in the background there's a there's some racket going on. These guys, this is what they do this time of year, right? They're putting out uh, people's Christmas parties. They're booking up. They're they're hosting. They're providing hospitality. And they're doing it while they're starting on the uh, Stigma 86 initiative, uh, getting the formative parts of it out. Yeah, it's uh, really interesting to see the whole to see the whole process of um, how it like how their business has grown and fluctuated through COVID. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Blind Man Brewery and Cilantro Chive Restaurant, Matt Riley. Thanks for having us. It's uh, pretty awesome to be on here. Yeah, well, we're really excited that you guys are taking some time. It looks like uh, what's going on in the background, and I, and I should have put two and two together that the, this might be a busy time of year for beverage service people, um, but you guys have a winter Christmas wonderland going on, and, and it sounds like there's stuff going on in the background. So hopefully uh, taking an hour to sit and chat with uh, with us and our audience today uh, doesn't put you guys too far behind the eight ball. No, it's, it's an honor to be able to sit here and chat with you guys. So thank you for having us. Happy to be here. So guys... Um, uh, my story about how I kind of found you and, and we were chatting a little bit about this before uh, before we started to record was uh, we, we drove up to Lacombe and, and my wife, I'm, I'm the coach, so I have to go sit in the dressing room for an hour before the game and uh, teach and, and listen to kids, 14-year-old kids. So you can imagine what 14-year-old boys talk about <laughs> in the dressing room. Um, so her and the moms, they jump in the car and they drive over to Blind Man Brewing and, and my wife uh, is is on her sober journey right now and so she's looking for um, the non-alcoholic stuff and she pulls up these these uh, cans of conversations and uh, and she says after the game you need to read that and, and look at it so I, I look at it and it's got the story of kind of what you guys are trying to do and, and we'll get into that but why don't you uh, why don't you tell us a little bit Riley maybe uh, you can start about who you are and uh, and kind of what got you to this point I'm Riley Kay I uh, one of the owners at cilantro and chive in Lacombe and Red Deer and Moe's Pizza and a few uh, other side projects but uh, I've my my entire background is the hospitality industry, working in restaurants, 
um, hotels ever since I think I was 13 years old. And um, to get to this point is, has been a lot of conversations and been working with a lot of people who have um, had a lot of weight on their shoulders from different mental, physical, emotional challenges that they faced and um, been able to work with some amazing people across my journey as well too. And team up with Matt here from Blind Man and Brennan from Bose and just be able to have those conversations around what we as an industry are facing and what we're facing as an individual as well. And Matt, Blind Man Brewing, uh, that's a, I think, I think Blind Man's a fairly well-known, um, you know, beer name around Southern and Central Alberta. Like we see it around, you got it in lots of places. Um, surely to goodness, you didn't just uh, graduate high school and start up a famous brewery. You must have had uh, some chips and kicks along the way as well. Well, famous, that's uh, heady words right there. Uh, yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt Willerton. So I'm one of the current owners of Blind Man Brewing, actually uh, kind of on my way out now to start another project in the not too distant future, uh, to be determined project. But um, yeah, I, I helped found Blind Man Brewing, uh, got in right after the ground floor, right when we were looking to buy equipment and actually get producing in 2015. Uh, I came from craft beer before that, Alley Cat, well-known uh, brewery here in Alberta, 20, 25 plus years old now, and cut my chops there and learned things before I decided to go crazy and help start a business with some some other like-minded uh, folks. And yeah, and then just getting into that, being a first-time business owner, uh, all of a sudden having the weight of what feels like the weight of the world on your shoulders, uh, employing people, um, having people and their families rely on, on you and your success for their success. Uh, I learned a lot about myself and a lot about mental health in a pretty short period of time. And yeah, that, that kind of led to some conversations like Riley was saying, we've, we've had these conversations here and there over the years and, um, like, like, uh, like everything else has happened in the world the last like two years, COVID, uh, you know, helped highlight some things and, and make, she made some of those conversations a little more, Hey, like, no, if we're going to do something about this, why not right now? So yeah, that's kind of how it got from being uh, an entrepreneur to, uh, a bit of a philanthropist, I guess, at this point. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's interesting. The, the, to, when you talk about how the pandemics expedited um, uh, some of these conversations and, and, you know, put us all in situations where these conversations had to be, Oh, did I lose you guys there? Yeah. yeah. I just got back there. Sorry. Okay. It's interesting. That you, it's interesting that you guys <laughs> mentioned the expedite, how to expedite that because um yeah, you know, every industry found themselves in those in those uh, having those conversations. But I don't think anything was quite as public as food and beverage service, um, you know, hospitality. Losing you again? Yeah, sorry, man. It's uh, just that couple of times here. We've been on a few conversations and nothing happened. Um, yeah. To what you were saying with the, the industry being highlighted through through the pandemic. The industry has always been a very challenging um, emotionally, physically, mentally abusive, um, high excess from drinks and food and everything else and money and spend. And it's always been a very emotional, physical, mental draining type industry where what's the recharge? Well, the recharge is reaching for a beverage or something a little bit more 
harder substance in order to try and get through that rather than actually addressing the problems or having conversations about the problems and any weakness is is exploited in this industry as as it is with a lot of other ones so it becomes a bit of a challenge to try and reassess and regroup and move forward positively and so the genesis of of stigma 86 you guys are you know uh wily old veterans of this business and you're seeing this like you said previous to the pandemic um was it was it readily apparent as the pandemic kind of became it was apparent that it was going to be sticking around that you guys had to do something or was there, was there just one day where it was like, okay, we have to do something. And, and the three of you guys got together, uh, Brennan, who, who couldn't join us today. Brennan's the other part, uh, principal in this, I, I'm assuming. And, um, yeah. and, and how can we talk a little bit about how that kind of was, was born to fruition? Yeah, I think it, it came out of uh, like Riley and I, Riley and I have been pretty good pals since um, we both kind of started up uh, right in Lacombe within a few months of each other, uh, Cilantro and Chive Lacombe and, and Blind Man Brewing, uh, just just talking talking through business, talking through life, like a lot of the challenges of what we each go through day to day. And it was really apparent uh, what what COVID was was um, was doing was doing to us and and Riley, especially uh, just going through restaurants opening and closing and opening and closing and opening and closing, laying staff off and hiring them back and laying staff off. And, and yeah, and he was really open to me about it. Like always appreciated our conversations about some of that. We're probably going to use that word way too many times, but I think that's okay. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, it, it was really evident that like, like he, he needed to talk a bit more. Um, I, I, I opened up about some of my struggles uh in, in, a little more in the past but also just always and and then from there yeah I, I think brennan's name came up uh pretty quickly after riley had looked at some other initiatives that were kind of already happening uh in edmonton and calgary that were really grassroots just before the pandemic and said why why isn't there something for the hospitality industry in in our neck of the woods and yeah, and then it's just the three of us got to be- together in my backyard one <laughs> cold spring day, just this last spring. And as you do, have a beer and chatted about it. And yeah, and just kind of kicked it off that way. Like just talked and talked and talked about it. And what can we do? We have influence in our respective communities. Can we use that for good? And and it went from there. And the striking thing for me guys listening to you talk and go through this is is Riley you know it seems like you were starting a bit of a restaurant starting a business and and um you're you know there's some uncertainty definitely in that and then Matt you're you know you, you you're in a little bit different business but I mean you started in 2015 which was kind of like the beginning of a really slow period of of economic times in Alberta and and so I mean you guys aren't um 30 40 year veterans of this business sitting on a war chest uh saying how are we gonna you know help these people that have helped us you're you're like very much in the breach with these people fighting and slogging but by virtue of being you know managing partners and owners and and stuff like that um you also have all this other you know expectation that you're going to manage the business and then manage the people through all this um and and not with like I said, years and years of experience to draw on. 
like that had to have been um, a stressful. And then B, when you figured out kind of what you're going to do about it, um, you're doubling down really. You're saying this has to work because I, I'm doing this for the livelihood of me and my people, but also for all these people in this industry. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of deep when you say it that way and uh, really impactful for sure. I mean, for our 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 business, we had 75, 100 staff members that we had to look into the eyes and say, hey, we don't know what's happening. But unfortunately, we, we have to lay you off. And bluntly put, I don't know when your next meal is coming or your kid's next meal is coming, let alone I don't know when my next meal is coming because we're completely shut down. And But then you have to talk to... 75 100 employees and try and reassure them when you're you're not even knowing what's going to happen next so how do you how do you lead through that and how do you instill confidence when you are lacking all confidence because nobody's really been through this aside from plagues back in the 20s or or whenever but there's no handbook there's no manual on this and how how do we navigate it and rallying the troops and bringing everybody together to be able to have those conversations and those vulnerable, difficult conversations about what it really looks like moving forward and what changes need to be made to the business, what changes need to be made to your personal lives and and how that's going to impact. So it was, it was a tough time for sure. And it's still continues to be challenging. Well, and I, uh, I, I've talked to a couple of different, um, mental health advocates in the agriculture side and we always talk about how you know if you want to go be a farmer in any other business that did that much volume of like just dollars you would have like a cpa would be your your financial person and you would have like a maintenance person that, that was had a mechanical background and then the, the the farmer would be the farmer and it's kind of like that in in restauranting as well because like yeah you love to cook that's great that's like five percent of owning a restaurant right it's all the other <laughs> things that make it or break it you know it's, I, i've heard tons of people say oh great i'm gonna you know if i'm if i won the lottery i'd go to old's college and take the brewing course and start it's like okay you know you don't need to go to old's college you can go buy a beer maker anywhere and make your own beer but that doesn't make you like a successful craft beer company it, it makes you a beer maker in your basement and and you guys are beyond that but now you're dealing with all this all the stuff that Olds College doesn't teach you, or the culinary arts don't teach you, right? Yeah. And what? So what? what what's that rocket ride kind of? I guess you know, <laughs> ups and downs. What's that been like for you guys? This isn't something you signed up for. It's it's that it's it is a, like it's the like the classic roller coaster example. Absolutely, it's it's the highs are high and the lows are low, and and I I, I learned and try to learn and try to remind myself and remind others of that sometimes is that uh it's it's not always going to be really bad it's not always going to be really great if you can kind of let yourself know that it's it's it averages out somewhere in between probably um but you're gonna have good days you're gonna have bad days and it's just how to how to get through that how to handle that what do you do when you when you feel those things like are you going to just grab straight for that beer and celebrate straight for that beer and and feel sorry for that shitty thing that just happened or or you can maybe just like hey let's let's go let's go for a chat i just need to get something off my chest and yeah yeah it, that, that kind of stuff is man it's a roller coaster like i think anybody who's 
even pretended to start thinking about trying to look into a new business understands that. Yeah, yeah. And then doing it is something. Well, and for us, it was huge to be able to connect and with, with Brennan and Matt and a few other business owners, restaurant hospitality, to understand that we're all going through this. And we all don't know what the hell we're doing through through this challenging time. We Nobody knows, and we're just trying to do the best that we can and try and put up a, um, a positive facade for our team and for our, our families at home. And where where do we dump that afterwards or where do we put that so being able to have the conversations that we've had amongst ourselves really helps solidify that we're all in this together and that we're all facing similar and difficult challenges that we never intended to when we first opened businesses however many years ago well and that's interesting that um that you talk about having that outlet or that opportunity that place to talk about it you know i um, I was, I've worked in oil and gas for, for over 20 years and, and I was a rig hand at one time too. And, and there's a pretty stereotypical, um, you know, roller coaster ups and downs. Uh, you don't always, you celebrate the highs, not in the most healthy way. You celebrate the lows and not the most healthy way and, um, and all that. And, and, you know, I, I worked on, in a, for a major, uh, oil and gas producer for over 13 years and, and, uh, left them and. Uh, 2020 September of 2020 and I'm like my new job I'm like today or tomorrow is one year to the day and they're on the service side oh it's yeah it's been you guys want to talk about a roller coaster Um, (laughs) it's like completely something foreign to me and I the first few wins felt like I was on top of the world and and then the next couple losses felt like I was never going to recover and and my boss who I worked with at my previous employer um, he's the president of our company. It was his idea. He jumped out and started it. And I, I followed him over a few years later and he's like, dude, you, you have to chill. Like you cannot wear this like that, or you won't make it. And I'm not saying I'm there, but I'm getting there, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's still, um, some days, you know, you put your heart and soul into something and then when it doesn't work out, you're just like, Oh God, you know, but it's, but it's, uh, to that point, it's awareness. It's knowing, knowing yourself um that much better it's like yeah you're still not going to maybe be the healthiest decision maker in those two situations every time but if you think about it a little bit more the next time you might do something a little different and then maybe you'll see it in somebody else as well and be like hey um let's let's celebrate this this one maybe not with like 10 drinks but with uh I just say like a game of crib. That sounds too lame, though. No, that's exactly the <laughs> thing that was in my head was a game of crib. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's the opposite <laughs> of ten whiskeys. <laughs> Matt, there's a there's a I'm, I'm just was going through your guys' website while I was waiting on uh, waiting for you guys to come on, and and there's a conversations piece. There's four or five testimonials of kind of different things, and um and and like I said, using my uh, my detective skills, I determined that the Matt W on there was you. And when the camera kicked on and um yeah. and you turned your head in profile, there was no doubt. So uh, I'm wondering if you <laughs> I'm wondering if you uh, could talk a little bit about that. It, it describes a like a panic attack while you're driving on a on a busy highway here in Alberta. And and I actually like I can picture that that stretch of the highway and I, and you know the things you see on the QE two. Um, just walk through that a little bit and talk about how kind of cathartic that might have been to put that down on a piece of paper and then up on the internet for other people to read. Yeah, uh, I'll really quickly just touch on 
on why we did this. Uh, so we have four cans for this, four labels that have four different stories on them that are all on the website, stigma86.com, throw that plug in right now before I start talking about myself. Um, and yeah, and I volunteered to write one of those stories. Uh, and it, it, I, I'd struggled with, so I'm, I'm 36. So I basically started this self-service business as soon as I turned 30. Um, I, I don't, I'm not one to believe in like big moments in life, like turning 20 or 30 or 40, 18, whatever. It feels like another number, but 30, 30 was tough. And I think probably because I left the job that I was starting to get stressed out at going into another job that had a lot more stress um, because kind of <laughs> it's like put all your money on the line. If you don't succeed, then you don't know what to do. So that's always in the back of your mind. Um, so it kind of built over a few years and I'd had some, some medical issues and try a beer and all of a sudden I feel like I'm having an allergic reaction and didn't know what that was. And eventually discovered that I probably was having panic attacks, um, little ones here and there. And yeah, it culminated um, one time. Uh, for the first year and a bit of blind men's existence, I lived in Edmonton with uh, with my sister and and her her uh, husband, who's actually another partner. He's a partner in the brewery as well, uh, Kirk. And so I was driving back and forth every day, and on the QE2 a lot. And yeah, I it was. At, like every other day at the brewery, it was busy. It was crazy. You do 10 different things when you're a small business owner and you don't have a bunch of employees yet wearing all the hats, as they say. And I, I, I found that getting into my car and driving, especially at night, when I wasn't able to physically like do anything about any of my problems, it would just weigh on my mind. And then, yeah, there was a few times where I'd start freaking out. That, at that point, I'd pull over and I'd give myself a break get out and have, you know, breathe in some cold air and it was fine. And this time was different enough that I thought I was having a heart attack to be, wow. to be blunt. So I pulled over not 15 minutes from home and called 911, waited for the ambulance, freaked out. They, I had a feeling it was a panic attack. Of course I was hoping they confirmed uh, it was probably a panic attack, which, which was relieving. And then, yeah, for, for I, only a, a short period of time, like it really relieving that you're not having a heart attack, but now, yeah, yeah. Like so, able to calm myself down, refuse actually refuse service, calm down enough so I could drive home, talk to my, my sister and, and brother in law about it, uh, get it off my chest. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly lucky that I'm, I think I'm a pretty open person, so I was able to share that story right away. So actually, actually writing it, I didn't think it was going to be too hard, um, but it still was just to put on paper, even though it's like not all the details are exactly as they were, but even just like, but, but the, the general experience was exactly what um, I was trying to describe. And, and it, it was nice. Like catharsis is definitely a way of putting it out there is a different way of, of communicating that and kind of letting it go. And also realizing where i've come since that point um that was about four years ago until today and how much i've learned and how much i still struggle and when i need yeah. to when i need to have a, another conversation about a hard day or a hard situation so, yeah and and that has to be like uh you know 
like Riley, you must maybe not that exact driving home, but you must think about days when you had like that kind of helpless feeling at some point when you just had a stressful day like this, this is a common thing. And like, I work in, you know, project management in oil and gas. Like I have those same things where I'm on the phone all day long. <laughs> Whose baby is that? What's your angle? I'll buy that right out of Fred Flintstone. And then I get in the car, I have 45 minutes home. And for that time, like some days it's all I can do not to put my speaker on and, and continue to make phone calls. And it's like, no man, this is like, it's not safe to do that. You're driving in rush hour traffic. You have to be present in this moment. And then by the time I get home, you know, I got my wife and my kids and everybody's having their day and, and those problems melt away. But, but there's a, like, I, I'm, I'm assuming Riley, you've had, at least when you're listening to that story, some, some version of that happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Without a question. I, um, as a, as a business owner, I, we opened cilantro and chive and I wasn't even 30 at that point. And uh, we're coming up on 10 years. Hey, so um, I, I can relate to to what Matt has talked about and what he said, and um, every, every day is a challenge for me. And I mean, I've got uh, three young kids at home, and it can be hard coming home some days. It can be really hard. So, but you got to try and figure out how to put on a positive face for for our team, for our community, and and for for our family. But then also how how do I address my stress and how do I address what I need to, because I can't fill other buckets from, from an empty bucket of my own. So that's been a challenge for me still, and I'm still working on that. And hopefully one day I'll be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, if that's the goal, I guess. Right. Not, not, not possible, but that's okay. <laughs> You're perfect in my eyes. Right? <laughs> the, uh, the website's got a really, um, it's it's interesting because we my wife we were, I was telling you guys a story about how I, I came across um came across what you guys are doing the Stigma eighty six uh, initiative, and my wife is like it's not it's not cheap she she's like that's whatever seven dollar and fifty cent or whatever that can was, um yeah. so she bought uh, I think she bought six of them or four four anyways it was she she was like whatever but you guys have the price like breakdown right on here and you guys are talking about goals revenue goals and in, in the updates here into October of 2021. Um, and, and you, you're very transparent in, I think about that. Is that kind of the goal here that you're saying, this is what we're trying to do and, and we're not trying to get, no one's getting rich off this. This is why we're doing this. Not, nobody's making money off of this. Um, all of the, the costs for the, for the cans and um, design and, and a few other things have been donated aside from physical product that we've had to physically purchase to be able to get this to market. But the the proceeds that are, are generated are going back into the organization to be able to allow people who are going through hard times to access the resources that they need when they need them. There are resources out there, but there's the challenge of getting in front of them for 12, 18 months. And as you mentioned, when good times are good, we're not thinking about challenges that we're facing and what we need to do to be better or what we need to do but when the bad times are bad that's when we focus on it and if that resource and those tools aren't necessarily there and in front of somebody where do they turn to and how how does that look and if you're already feeling 10 feet under 
trying to access those resources 12, 18 months down the road is, is even deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, to and to kind of go back to that transparency piece, we, we talked about this a bunch and the reason why we wanted to put that right on the website and be as transparent about the money, about everything as possible is because we're asking people to have conversations and be transparent and open in their own lives. So if we, if we can't mirror that with, with any part of this initiative, then I think we're doing the whole, the whole thing a disservice. Um, by just not, not by necessarily hiding anything, but just not openly sharing. Like we're here openly share. I wrote that story because I wanted to openly share. We want to try to encourage people to have open conversations. Eventually it might not happen right away, but hopefully we can all work towards that point. And, and yeah, just showing where the money is coming from and going is, is a big piece of that. And it, so the, the, the breakdown on here says the, the, bulk of it the four dollars and 81 cents is the number that's that's currently on here uh generated per can sold for the stigma 86 cause so can you be can we just break down what the stigma 86 cause is where where is that money going the money's going back into to organizations in our community through smiles through Lindsay and, and other avenues to be able to make sure that they have the tools and resources that are needed when um anybody reaches out to be able to have those conversations that they need to. So, um, yeah, right, right now it's, it's a hundred percent smiles through Lindsay is where we wanted to start. Like we are really building this from absolute nothing. And we're, <laughs> we're pretty early into this. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll, it'll change. It'll take its shape. The cool thing, like Riley said really early on there is that it's, um, it's, it, it can kind of morph into what what it needs to be for first starting with our in respective industries and then perhaps growing from there but yeah right now it's it's mousy Lindsay, and and then hopefully yeah we can have more um you know partners maybe directly that um direct resources that th these funds will help pay for that people that work in our industry can they need to find help that they have no nowhere else to turn. They can maybe find find that through through Stigma eighty six. We've been able to have conversations with other people, other organizations, uh, Canadian Mental Health Association, reaching out and um, having conversations through Smiles for Lindsay and a few other independent um, businesses and, and people as well to be able to. How can they help? How how can they help um, facilitate or initiate or continue those conversations as well so for us it's it's a complete evolution where is this going what happens to it down the road we want to just be able to make sure that we're able to be that stepping stone for people to start those conversations whether it's with their own challenges or with people that they know or the industry to be able to be a bit more positive and a bit more um i don't want to say analytical but also assessing what's going on within their four walls so self-reflective yeah so you guys are, you know, small, local, uh, you know, built from the ground up businesses in a, in a industry that's, you know, very competitive. It's dominated by conglomerates. And, you know, just when you think two companies, you know, you're going to find out that Burger King and McDonald's are owned by the same company. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what are those, you know, you guys are sitting here saying, hey, we... 
we're the little guy. We got nothing. And this is what we're trying to do. Is there any overture towards some of the bigger, more established restaurant and, um, and bar brands to, to participate? Or is this something that you're purposely keeping grassroots? It, it, it is grassroots without a question, but if any major organization wanted to come in and have that conversation, we're not going to sit there and say, no, you can't because of X. It's an open, honest conversation. If, yeah, if uh, State Maine or, or Earl's or OJ's came to the conversation, came to the table and said, we want to sell this product, we want to be able to make these resources available to our team. Heck yeah, let's there, do it. There already is a few. Like it, it, it's still at, at the end of the day, it's still people that work for. Like there's still people at the, the crux at the, mm-hmm. the base of these bigger companies. So it's, yeah, it, it's definitely not. This is not meant to be an us versus them at all. Like like it's easy for me as a craft beer producer to say, uh, screw Budweiser. Like I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to say that every day. Um, but, but like if. Yeah, we already have like Famoso and Mr. Mike's like like here in Red Deer, they like lo- local lo- local owners and local management and local people like they, they also work there. And mental health is is definitely not just a you know a independent problem yeah, or no. a small producer problem. It's a it it's pervasive. So yeah, no, it, it it's it, it, at the end of the day, it's just it's about people and it's about talking about these things. So there, cool. there's having conversations it's about having conversations <laughs> right it's about a conversation we need like a little conversations ticker in the bottom yeah. corner I think. <laughs> no it's it the reason i ask is because um as you guys come bring your businesses your restaurants and, and your brewery out of this pandemic and hopefully we're on our way there um you know uh the the good people that are do that like the professional servers the professional people that work in that industry you know, if they were working at XYZ that advertises on Hockey Night in Canada and it was a hard and fast, we're laying you off because of the pandemic We and, you know, very corporate. And then they see maybe somebody who is just breaking into the industry but was working at uh, Cilantro and Chive and was treated differently. That could be a very, you know, unintentional competitive advantage as we start to staff up and 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 so I was curious if anybody had seen that, like from the the kegs and the Mister Mike level, the Earls, and was like, "We got to get in on this because we want to get involved. We want to be associated with it." Because to to the way I think, and this is from the big energy side, there's so many things that the little companies did right through this turnaround that when things kind of get load leveled and we understand what the next few years are going to look like the big companies are going to see a mass exodus because everything was handled so ham fistedly um, okay. that, that these people are going to just be like, wow, I, you know, my friend went and is an engineer over here and this is three days a week from home and blah, 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 blah. And all these things that I, I'm just curious if you guys have seen any of that or, or anticipate any of that. If I'm able to open a hundred locations in the next 10, five months because so many people are coming to work for us then, then that's fantastic <laughs> which I, I strongly don't think that's a reality by any stretch to, to us it's it's all about being able to have the again conversations within our four walls and if we change the industry to to having more conversations and mental health being top of mind heck yeah that's it's, the win if yeah if it if it means that uh more people at these bigger chain restaurants for example, see 
uh, employs more as people and less as numbers, just as a small, small side effect of what we're, us little guys are doing, like hell yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope to change a few minds that way if that's that's in the cards but at the same sense if there's businesses that have been doing something for 100 <laughs> years and they're they they do not want to change then yeah we're, we're not going to be able to force them or make them change yeah. by any stretch but just by little subtle gestures and acknowledgements and seeing other team members get excited about things it uh it'll make things a better industry across the board and that's ultimately being a part you know like you, you're not against matt you're not against Anheuser-Busch, right? Like that's, that's not why you get up, but it's, but that you're in competing in the same space. So it's nice to be able to have some small advantage, right? Oh yeah. And I, and I, I like my small advantages to be that my beer that we make tastes better. And that's, that's what our focus has always yeah. been on. Yeah. Um, and, and that like, it's the, the off, off consequences that, like other values that we hold dear is is local and community and yeah. uh, those buzzwords that almost get thrown around too much that they don't mean anything except for they they mean a hell of a lot to us. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, stigma yeah. eighty six, staying local, um, smiles through Lindsay. You know, you guys are putting your money where your mouth is, and you're keeping it to the you know her story is she was a server, right? Like yeah. this is a person that was directly affected. And now you're bringing that story some some well-deserved publicity and people can see what's going on. And it is real. And, and I think that, you know, um, Anheuser-Busch be damned. That's not the story here, right? Yeah, exa- exactly. It's, it's people. So I, I typically kind of like to wrap up the pod by asking people, you know, now that you're doing something a little different than you started out, what is success look like what is in your mind's eye what is success going to be for this project now stigma 86 um you know it's in that kind of mental health space it's like well if one person if we say one person if one person hears um but but there's a lot of work here and so much great stuff done i think if one person was the goal you guys wouldn't be sitting here talking to me today because one person's heard it me for sure right and you're you're moving forward so there's more than just one person so so matt i guess what is success for you um, going forward? Well, the, the easy answer just to retort there is one more person. Uh, right. I, I, I think success for me is that um, people don't get lost when when they're struggling, that, that there is somewhere to turn. There is a resource out there, even if they don't want to talk to their closest family member, their closest friend. That there maybe is someone else they can talk to or something else they can do before they like just so that they're not feeling helpless that no situation is helpless i guess like it's it's a it's a lofty goal but i, I would love for everyone to walk into any restaurant in central alberta like as an employee and just see like this is what we're doing this is what's available to you so everyone knows their mental health uh ways to deal with their mental health just as much as they might know the numbers on their paycheck or their employment rights like right. their employee rights like I, I wanted to get to that level where it's it's just it's there it's there so it's when you're lost and you can't think of anything else there's a chance that you'll you'll find the help you need. and riley what uh what what does it look like for you just for somebody to be able to say that they need help and for it not to be 
looked on looked down on as a weakness no different than if you sprain your ankle it's well let's get you to where you need to go let's let's get to the professionals to be able to access the resources that you need and it's um i actually had the privilege of uh going up to uh edmonton they have um in the weeds yeg and they just started this uh just before the pandemic and the thing that really hit me through that was was a conversation around if somebody needs mental health what do you mental health resources or or needs assistance what do you do it's not up to me to save them it's not up to me to fix them but it is up to me as a business owner and a manager to get them to the resources that they need it's not up to me to put stitches in it's but it is my responsibility to make sure that they have access to those resources and by being a part of this, we're able to amplify those resources and make sure that we can shine that light on them within our four walls and hopefully others will follow along. That was a really uh, interesting discussion about what goes into the the hospitality and food business. I, I think everyone kind of takes it for granted a little bit that the restaurants are going to be open and the people that are in there have everything that they need to maintain that lifestyle and and obviously through the pandemic that hasn't been the case and and people like um riley and matt are, are trying to shine the spotlight on the people that kind of keep our uh our lifestyles running in the background it's really uh an interesting discussion point for them because they're living that life and, and they chose it absolutely 100 percent, and they'll own up to that but at the same time it's no different than any other chosen profession. There should be an expectation of being able to, you know, work hard and make ends meet if uh, if you do everything. And, and the the rules that have been put in place, you know, right, wrong or indifferent, um, really stretched that. And they're doing some great stuff to try to bring some light to what's actually happening to those people that we kind of just, you know, expect to be there when we go out for a nice meal or, or we want to uh, we want to have a few drinks in a public setting. So uh, really a lot of thanks to those guys for, for coming out and bearing their soul and talking a little bit about what's on their mind. Stigma 86 is a, is a great initiative that they're, they're working really hard on. And, and it was a lot of fun to sit down with them and, and let them hear that. I, you guys could hear the festivities in the background. That's the lifestyle these guys live, man. That's what it is this time of year, you know, around the holidays. Um, they're always on, always something going on. They're they're taking bookings whenever they can, especially with the uh, with the pandemic, and it's a lot of fun to listen to to the backstories about what's going on. So that is the last uh, pod we're gonna release before Christmas this year. Um, just incredible year that we've you know starting in first part of May to Christmas. We haven't missed a week. Um, we are at uh, episode thirty four, I believe. And it's, it's a lot of fun to sit back and listen to some of the people um, that we've had on and some of the stories, uh, the, the lessons learned and, and the freebies that are out there for the listening if you just, you know, sit down and chat with somebody. Um, so we did, uh, we had Dr. Jody with last week, which was very mental health heavy. And this one again, and then we have another one next week, um, a Mankind Initiative, where, where we just talk about, you know, how how mental health is being affected by the world and uh, and people that are taking time out of their careers to set up support groups and do different things to create initiatives. And uh, I think it's it's really important that we sit down and talk about stuff like that. And then uh, in the new year, we're going to start to to talk uh, about a couple of different ones. We have um, Newman Manis. Uh, he's a musician and a film um, score creator and, and just an all around creative dude who makes his living doing all the fun things that you can imagine. 
Uh, we have Jesse Crisson. He's a yeah, recently paroled um, inmate from Virginia in, in the United States. And he's on TikTok uh, trying to talk about, you know, what goes on in jail, how people coming out of jail are set up uh, to reintegrate. And, and it's a really interesting story to talk about with him. And, uh, and then we've got Garrett George, too, coming up in January. His, his story is really interesting. I'll, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about it as, as the time comes. But uh, we've got some really great guests coming. It's a lot of fun. So as we always say at the end of every one of these, there are no wrong answers. There is no test at the end. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Make the most out of every day. The Second Act Podcast would like to thank Ben Sound for the intro and outro music. Happy Rock. That is www.bensound.com. We'd also like to thank Chin Whiskers for the promotional consideration. You can find them at your local Tommy Guns, Original Barbershop, Amazon, or chinwhiskers.ca. And we would also like to thank you for listening.